when you're starting out, instead of putting a lot of boundaries and limits on yourself, I think you should just go for it. Try it out. Rather act and do something than, than, than sit uh, in your couch and ponder if, oh, can we do this and maybe we should have. Heinrich Kipp has more than 20 years of experience running events and parties. He started out initially in uh, Aarhus, where he grew up, and then he uh, later on moved to Copenhagen uh, about like seven or eight years ago, where he uh, started the, um, what's it called, uh, the CPH Deep Crew, which is a DJ collective and a event collective consisting of uh, five guys. Um, yeah, and uh, they actually uh, run uh, one of the, um, the most popular monthly parties here in uh, Copenhagen called IG60, which uh, we talked a lot about today. Um, we, um, among things, besides talking about IG60, we also talked about his uh, background and how he got into electronic music. Uh, we talked about uh, how you start your own parties and your own events, like where do you go with funding and concept development and, and all these ideas and stuff. Um, we talked about some of the hardships that the CBH Deep and the IG60 parties have faced and how they have managed to uh, bounce back from it, perhaps even stronger than before. Uh, we also very quickly touched on the subject of uh, drug culture within the scene and how you should um, and how you should go go about that as a event planner and a uh, event um, and a party host and yeah very interesting topic uh, in my opinion but yeah well anyways all in all I really really do appreciate this uh, conversation today I think it's a it's a great show we have lined up for you and uh, yeah. Before we get started, I just want to urge you to go to iTunes and um, like and subscribe and, and you know, uh, write us a review over there. I'm always interested in hearing um, what you have to say about the show and how we could get better. So, yeah, head on over to iTunes and write a uh, review. It is truly appreciated. And uh, you can, of course, also like hit us up on uh, the uh, official NimSound uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and in the comment section on the on of uh, the YouTube video. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. A conversation with uh, Heinrich Kipp is coming up. You're listening to Nim Sounds Behind the Beat. My name is Kasper Stoop, and this is the show that aspires to inspire electronic musicians to create music, to do better marketing, and gain an overall better understanding of how the music industry works. We talk to people who influence the scene and try to gain an insight into how they work and how they have succeeded. Hopefully, by the end of this show, you will have learned a few tricks of the trade that you can implement to help you gain success in your music career. This this is Behind the Beat by Nim Sound. My name is Casper Stoop, and I bid you a very warm welcome. So, um, the first thing I want to uh, to know is how you got into electronic music, yeah, and how um, how you started DJing and, and like got into that whole scene. Sure. Uh, well, back in the day when I was in uh, in high school, uh, I was actually very much into hip hop uh, and all like uh, basically black music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was uh, playing a lot of basketball, and it was just it 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 fitted very well with my self image. Um, and then uh, uh, a work colleague uh, actually uh, uh, invited me to a underground uh, house party. 
in an old warehouse. And um, after that experience, my mind was just blown away. Uh, I uh, I was there with a couple of other friends, and and I was like, it was it was an entirely new world for me. Uh, the music, uh, the people, everything, the atmosphere. It was it was a totally different vibe than I was what I was used to. Um, uh, so I was probably around 16 when I slowly uh, began listening to electronic music. Um, what did you uh, start out listening to back in the day? Um, and where where are we geographically we, in, uh, uh, we in, were in, uh, in Aarhus? We're in Aarhus, Jutland, okay. Jutland Aarhus. Yeah, All right. exactly. Um, I think at the time I was actually listening to to like. Uh, to, to pat myself on the shoulder, I, I actually was blessed with having a, a, a good taste from the beginning. <laughs> uh, well, be, because yeah. um, because uh, MTV had a had a show called Party Zone, um, where they played house music. Ah, okay, yeah. Uh, or house uh, slash a bit more not not necessarily underground dance music, but but it was. Um, of course, inspired by the huge clubbing scene in in, uh, in England and the UK, uh, so I, I just gravitated towards that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, slowly in my uh, teens, I uh, I came across um, uh, some uh, some folks in Aarhus called Frontlöverne, like uh, the Chaos Pilots' little brother, basically. Uh, and yeah, for the people who don't know what Chaos Pilot is, it's uh, like an entrepreneurship. Uh, it's uh, a lot of uh, crazy, uh, <laughs> great uh, people with uh, with splendid minds doing. So it's a very creative environment. Yeah. But anyway, the little brother Frontlimon was hosting a party in a place called Ridhuset in Aarhus. Hmm. Uh, and me and a couple of buddies, we we snuck in. There was like street basketball in uh, in it's a, it's a, imagine like a huge warehouse, yeah. But it was uh, like a, a thing for youth, so there was different kinds of things. And yeah. there was the street basketball. That was actually the why I was there. But then I I began to listen to um, to electronic music, and we found out that there was a, a party there, but it was only for the staff, and they were a bit older than us. Uh, but uh, so we hid in the basement of uh, of the warehouse, um, and then we stole three uh, t-shirts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> For how long did you hide in the basement? <laughs> um, probably half an hour or something. Oh, half an hour, yeah. Yeah, they like uh, the, the everybody was was lit out, and then uh, there was only the staff left, and they had a meeting, and then there was a party. Uh, but so we hit there, and I snuck up and 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 stole three T-shirts, uh, which uh, which said staff or something like that. And so we like snuck into the crowd of of this. There was a lot of volunteers, and then we were yeah. suddenly a part of the whole thing. And and we were supposed to be like uh, helping with the entrance and and stuff like that. But anyways, uh, to keep it a uh, short, <laughs> too late. Anyways, <laughs> uh, we. Uh, we suddenly uh, met a lot of uh, people who were into the electronic music scene and the underground in Aarhus. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we met a guy called Torsten, uh, who unfortunately isn't uh, with us anymore. But he uh, he was also a part of the Front uh, uh and he hosted uh, several underground parties in Aarhus. Uh, so we started, me and uh, a couple of friends of mine, uh, one called Jan, another called Babak, 
uh, we started ha- hanging around the front loop on home that uh, community environment and uh, held uh, some parties called Neon Zoo. Uh, Neon Zoo. Neon Zoo, which okay. was uh, basically UV lights all over the place <laughs> and uh, experimenting with stupid stuff like uh, not very cost efficient, but like the bar was on the old uh, laptop. People could order their drinks and then on the other side of the bar, the bartender would read, oh, this is your order. <laughs> it was just sponged up. It wasn't very were, cost were efficient. They like a, were there like a wall between them? Uh, between no, the <laughs> no, it was, it was even more stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't go to the bar in order. You had to, <laughs> to type it in on the keyboard, oh, of that, course, which that, makes that, sense, right? Yeah, yeah. That, oh, okay. Uh, but then slowly uh, I, I just began... Um, uh, getting to know more and more people, uh, mm-hmm. like also the late Kel Tolstop, uh, he was playing in Aarhus at the time, and uh, there was a, a record shop called Street Dance Records uh, as well in Aarhus. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of DJs was based uh, uh, in Aarhus and did different kinds of things. And actually the first underground party that I mentioned uh, was a guy called uh, Al Lindrum. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I've met him. Yeah, exactly. He he runs the like the uh, EKG uh, electronic yeah. love generator uh, today. But back in the day, he was known as uh, Miss Piggy, and he was uh, playing like skirts and really hard techno and stuff like that. But he uh, he did a lot of underground parties. Uh, him and his crew. Yeah. Uh, so. Just basically, there was a quite a vibrant scene in Aarhus in, in the nineties, and then there was like a, a commercial club. When in the nineties? Sorry, 90s, sorry. Uh, when in the nineties um, are we? In the mid nineties. Mid nineties. Yeah, all right. yeah. All right, cool, cool. Sorry, continue. No, 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 no worries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. just mumbling around. So, uh, no, it's all please. good. It's interesting. Um, there was there was a commercial club called Blitz, which had like three or four uh, stories. Uh, and the, in the basement, there was a, like uh, a techno trench-ish club, mm-hmm. and they were quite upfront. But but uh, guys like um, uh, Nika, uh, who runs uh, Nico Kierstein, who actually runs Stella Polaris today, oh, uh, yeah. he he was uh, running uh, resident uh, there at the time, and uh, yeah, also a guy like uh, Adler uh, from the Brown. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure if he was resident there, but he also played there and. Uh, so many other great DJs as well. So yeah. there's a, quite a, a, a nice culture uh, of, of DJs uh, uh, who was very passionate about. And then, of course, the Street Dance Records uh, was a really like gathering place for all the DJs. So slowly and, and, uh, and certain, I grew more and more into that uh, environment and, and also started uh, hosting parties myself in Aarhus and, and eventually started DJing. Um, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of a lot of parties, uh, a lot of underground places uh, in Aarhus. Actually, the, the scene was quite vibrant. Um, there was a place called uh, Arp Studio. Arp Studio. Uh, it was called Arp Studio, uh, where uh, it was like a couple of producers had a studio upstairs, and then there was like. Uh, an abandoned uh, facility downstairs, and people started uh, doing raves there, and uh, yeah, just uh, a lot of crazy, uh, crazy places that went. There was a lot yeah. of possibilities because there was also a lot of industrial uh, places that, that wasn't torn down yet. So there was a lot of opportunity to do parties uh, back yeah. in the day. <clears throat> That's cool, man. 
It's always um, as a as a guy born in '91. Um, it's always nice to hear about the uh, the whole how how the whole rave scene was back in the '90s. It sounds so cool, and it sounds very like. Uh, like um, very underground, very like, you know, sneaking into warehouses, squatting and uh, creating parties and creating these like weird things with the laptops and everything. Like it, it seemed like a very creative environment. Whereas I think today it might be, um, there's not a whole lot of opportunities left for doing that as, um, as there's, I think the laws have become a little bit more strict. Yeah. I, stuff I, like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. I mean, um, uh, me hosting parties today and the whole CBH Deep crew, it's mm. it's uh, it's really very challenging to find uh, exciting venues. Uh, yeah. It's um, well, if you go further out uh, of the city, uh, there are of course some areas, but but um, the trick is, is of course to get people to go there. Yeah, because um, you want to like you want some sort of economic gain for it from yeah. it so yeah. you can continue to grow the parties yeah. you know but yeah i get the struggle when did you move from Aarhus to Copenhagen just to get back to that Sorry. uh well actually uh, uh i've been back and forth a couple of times back and forth all right yeah uh because yeah of, of studies and uh, girlfriends mm. and stuff like that so i've, I've uh and then uh, uh, a brief uh, hacienda in London as well. Um, oh, cool! I didn't know so, that. So, um, but that was, but that's uh, that's okay. <laughs> way, way back then, way uh, back. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I've basically always been very involved and and very close uh, to the scene, or not just close, but a, a part of it. Uh, and and have had a lot of. Uh, um, there's a lot of people to look up to and get inspired from because there were so many DJs back then as well. And there was a lot of uh, parties and, and I've always like gravitated to the more underground uh, kind of flavor, uh, even if it was hip hop or whatever. But uh, I always found that more interesting to, to be challenged uh, in that way uh, musically. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I think I read somewhere or heard somewhere that you used to be a part of some sort of avant-garde festival kind of booking yeah uh i i was the the vice uh, chairman for uh yeah avant-garde festival called recession in, recession. in, in, in Aarhus, in Aarhus um, yeah. which was very experimental uh i uh, it was very interesting being part of it because mm -hmm. you you were really challenged uh both in in what what music was and 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 what performances was so uh, it could be like um, like the weirdest performance uh, with people dressing up in crazy costumes and 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 doing weird shit on the stage <laughs> uh, uh, maybe more performance than music but but it was just it was again a, a playground for for different kind of things but also more established acts as uh, of course like Trendemüller and and and, yeah. and 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 people like that were invited uh, and also. Uh, there's a band called Ja Confetti back in the day uh, with uh, Anna Trolle, who also sang vocals oh, on yeah. Trandamöller. Uh, and, uh, and bands like that, we also uh, were a part of Breaking. So a lot of uh, upcoming and, and weirdly off kind of acts as well. Um, 
uh, like yeah you said avant-garde artifati uh, yeah. like, like kind of a vibe um, and it's a great way to just meet uh freaky people who who, <laughs> who who can and and does things that 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 uh that you can't do yourself and just get pure inspiration because they have uh they have twisted brains uh, yeah, in a quirky, good way yeah quirky minds yeah exactly it's always fun to like definitely uh, yeah speak with people that have quirky minds yeah yeah, yeah for sure you you can get really inspired by them yeah when When was this festival? Was this back in uh, the 90s as well? Uh, it's actually still going. Uh, oh, it's still going. Just, just oh. on a much smaller scale. Um, yeah, what year are we in? Probably around... When I was active, it's probably around 12 years ago. 12 years ago. Yeah, okay. ish. Something like, like that. Um Yeah, it was just uh, when it first started out. Also, it, it actually got help from uh, the front loop. Like, they were a part of it, uh, and the whole city was uh, more or less involved with it. And a lot of venues all over the, the yeah the city. Yeah. So um, yeah, but but also actually quite a huge influence uh, of electronic music as well in the festival. There yeah. was also like some. Uh, singer-songwriter performance-ish uh, bands but but um, and it has it also changed and also I was of course uh, also one of the ones pushing for more electronic music yeah that makes sense yeah, yeah. Uh, but but yeah that was uh, again uh, yeah a love affair for the music um, what what were your job description for that uh, festival um, I would say project manager, project uh, manager but it was very like hands on because uh, it was a small festival so so we did a lot of things ourselves so I had like uh, multiple roles but but overall I would probably describe it as project management it's a good sound I'm making yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, with, with the <laughs> yeah, yeah I just noticed it yeah. <laughs> perfect <laughs> oh, oh, never mind We've got a small rhythm session going on. Yeah, here. We're, gonna, we're gonna do a jam session yeah, later. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, are you actually an event planner or manager from by trade? Like, do you have an education in it? Or, uh, or? No, not at all. Uh, I, I guess I just always had a um, had a curiosity and and and. Um, Yeah, just a great interest in in in, uh, in in being part of the scene and creating something. I think also when you're when you're going to a lot of parties or you're DJing, you always have some ideas. Oh, I wish there was this, or maybe we could do that. Uh, that I think that's just the way I function, basically. Uh, so mm -hmm. I'm always like, if I'm in whatever situation, I'm always thinking of, oh, maybe we could do it like this. Yeah, uh, I, I like to to turn things around uh, yeah. and and yeah, put it upside down. Uh, um, the challenge is, is always balancing the creativity with the uh, economy. Uh, that's that's yeah. the main challenge, actually. Uh, and of course, not all ideas need to cost something, but but uh, yeah, We, yeah. But I think that's like sort of also you have you sort of have uh, this natural desire to grow it and see how far you can take the project that you start I definitely mean, yeah 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 and i guess i mean the the, the same with, with your project i mean you you have yeah. you, you want to see it grow and then if you have a, a willingness to create something and a, and, yeah. and a desire for it then it's a natural step to 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 push it i mean yeah um, definitely is yeah yeah all right so um so i kind of want to 
talk, uh, I kind of want to talk with you about, um, when you last moved to Copenhagen, you said you uh, went back and forth yeah. from uh, Aarhus to yeah. Copenhagen. Yeah. The last time you moved, yeah. when was this? Uh, it was probably, what is it? 10, 8, 10 years ago. Okay. Yeah, the last time. How long after you um, you moved to Copenhagen? Because I, you are sort of the creator of CBHD, right? Yeah. Uh, How long after you moved here? Um, probably three to four years after. Uh, again, it was it was. Um, I came to Copenhagen and, and yeah, I've always been DJing. Uh, mm. So, uh, yeah, and I, of course I started just, I knew a lot of people here, both people who used to live in Aarhus and uh, and from parties and, and just, yeah, for the common love of electronic music. Yeah. So it was quite easy to, yeah, to, to jump into the scene over here as well. Yeah. Uh, it was, yeah, a seamless uh, transition. Uh, but basically, one of my uh, yeah high school friends, uh, Babak, as I mentioned, he was living here as well. Uh, he moved here several years ago and never moved back to Aarhus. Excuse me. Um, uh, so we started DJing, and he was a resident at the TS Bar, which was uh, Thomas Murphy's uh, place uh, in yeah. Studiestad. Yeah. Uh, and we were just, we've always enjoyed electronic music and we've, uh, experienced so many things together uh, and it was, uh, it was just a natural step. Uh, why shouldn't we make like a collective and, and do some more stuff? And then I had a buddy in Aarhus called Samir, uh, mm-hmm. and we sort of like, yeah, shouldn't we do something? And, um, we said, okay, let's do it. And we talked about what, what should we uh, call it? And I was like, we, we agreed on it. Okay. Let's just call it something simple, uh, CPH deep. And, um, and basically the rest is history. Then, um, after a while, uh, Samir had, uh, was busy with his studies back in Aarhus and, uh, Babak, uh, yeah, he, he became a father. So, um, so I was basically the only one in the collective, so it wasn't much of a collective. <laughs> uh, so I, I just started reaching out, uh, and, and actually a, f- a funny story, Michael from, um, Michael from, uh, from the collective, um, he, uh, I think I did a mix, uh, on SoundCloud and, uh, this guy writes me and says, uh, wouldn't you mind, uh, uh, giving me some credentials for, for the track that's in your mix. And I was like, yeah, yeah sure. Uh, I, I didn't remember. I think I just downloaded it and there was no, it wasn't tagged in any way. So I, mm. I didn't know who the producer was, but it was him. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we just, oh, okay, okay. He was from Copenhagen. Oh, I'm from Copenhagen, funny enough. And uh, okay, uh, I'm doing this and I'm thinking about uh, I have this collective and we want to do parties and DJ and do different kinds of stuff. So. Uh, maybe we should uh, have a meeting and talk about it. And he was like, yeah, okay, sure. And then there was a couple of guys uh, also playing at TS called uh, Tim and Kenneth. And I reached out to them mm-hmm. and Michael reached out to someone else, uh, Jonas, a special guest. And uh, we so slowly grew. I mean, at one point, I think we were almost 12. Uh, 12? Yeah, 12 people uh, as part of the collective. 
uh, and it was too much because there was too many chefs uh, and all with like a creative input. Um, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was it was challenging, and also because it was uh, voluntarily, so there's always been like uh, it's a fine line on on how to push people and uh, and and do things um, when it's on their own free time. Yeah. Uh, but basically, yeah, we after a couple of years, we we uh, cut it short, and then yeah, we are like five now, mm -hmm. um, and of course, in that process, we uh, we. We managed to throw different kind of parties at TS Bar and 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 off locations as well. And then at one point, uh, uh, I think it was actually Michael who came across uh, the IG60 uh, place in the meatpacking district. Yeah, the original IG60. Yeah. Right? yeah. And of course, it's called IG60 because it was at uh, Inga Slevskade uh, 60. Yeah. Uh, so so. Um, and then that was born and then then uh, yeah it really took off because uh, yeah it was a very unique location uh, mm. and um yeah really had a good uh, a good combination of like underground and but also so central uh so so yeah it it, it just yeah. everything came together basically yeah that was a uh, that was a very cool venue was the um was the concept from the beginning always to like throw parties or was it some has it evolved ever since the cvh deep collective yeah the, uh, the, um, what, like how did it start out like as a like i mean in a concept in like a holistic yeah philosophy yeah i think that from 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 the get-go that the plan was like to do parties and of course yeah. we also dj'd so it was uh it was a it was a no-brainer uh yeah. and and we did or done parties before uh, separately and also as a unit. Mm. Um, so again, it was a natural uh, step. Yeah. Um, uh, we've always in the collective uh, looked at how can we expand, uh, mm -hmm. how can we do other stuff because we, we 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 don't just want to be like event makers. So of course we we started our homepage and our blog and then do our uh, podcasts and radio shows and stuff like that. So we we're yeah. trying to like expand and do different kind of things. Uh, yeah, basically just to be a huge part of the scene because we're. It would be nice to make some money from it in in uh, in the long run. We all have full time jobs, so so yeah. it's just a, a side project basically. Um, but there's just there's not uh, enough funds for it. We can't uh, pay ourselves basically. So it's it's no. a, a purely passion project, uh, striving to be sustainable. Yeah. Um, but that's um, yeah, it's it's always a challenge because when, when yeah. you're when you're dealing with subculture, I mean, the scene in Denmark is is quite small. Uh, there's it's some very limited. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, and of course. Um, there's uh, established places like, of course, Culturebox, the flagship, uh, and and of course Vesuna. Yeah, um, but that's but about it. Isn't that it? is it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, Double so. Rainbow and Aarhus has closed down as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they have the Institute for X there, but they they're not open on a regular basis. It's more like a. And then yeah. of course there's Vestao in in Aalborg and. Uh, yeah, but I think they've gone a bit towards the more commercialized yeah i don't think they have as much freedom no, as they used to no um, and then there's what is it called a uh, butcher or something in uh, odense uh, oh yeah uh, yeah i think i know what what's that called is it called uh, I, I can't remember i can't remember something like that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but 
Um, there, it's very limited. So also the, our guests, uh, a lot of them. <laughs> Don't stay <have> rings. <laughs> uh, a lot of uh, a lot of our guests are, are exchange students or expats or something like that. Yeah. Of course, there's also a lot of Danes, but but uh, we can see that a, a majority of our, our our guests and also people who follow us on our page is um, is is foreigners. Um, yeah. So so it's yeah it's quite hard uh, getting a sustainable business. Uh, yeah and. Like I mean, whenever I go to like Culture Box, because yeah. they're uh, like their audience or their crowd is uh, very much uh, tourists and and, yeah. and stuff like that as well. Um, I always, I always, whenever I enter, I always assume like everybody speaks English. I yeah, never yeah. assume yeah, anybody yeah. in there speaks Danish, yeah. which sometimes gets me in a bit of like you know. Yeah, yeah, an yeah, awkward yeah. situation yeah, when you speak to a bartender and you go like, yeah. "Hey, a double vodka mate," and yeah. they're like, "I'm Danish." Yeah, and we're like, "Ah, okay." Well, then uh, just, double uh, vodka mate, <laughs> exactly. But you, <laughs> you get the you get the point. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, what I kind of like though about how small the uh, the Danish scene is is that everybody kind of knows everybody. Yeah, and everybody's sort of, you know. It seems like people are very supportive of each other. Yeah, in a sense, I would say so. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think it's 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 um it's evolved. I think uh, the the uh, I I have a I have a, a feeling that 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 people are more uh, knit together. Uh, yeah. Um, there's always been different crews and parties in Copenhagen, of yeah, course. Of course. But, but uh, I would say that uh, the current ones are, are quite. Uh, not everyone uh, corroborates uh, that frequently, but but just uh, a text or we're throwing this party or yeah. So so there's a, a lookout um, in in yeah in in every way possible. Of mm. course, sometimes it's hard with bookings and certain dates, but but. I think there's a general consensus that, uh, yeah, it's good to uh, inform the other crews what you're doing uh, if they don't know it beforehand yeah. and stuff like that. So there's a mutual respect, I think. <clears throat> yeah, because the scene is so small here that when you like throw parties that sort of uh, plays the same music mm. and like melodic techno or yeah, like yeah, yeah. something like that. If there are more than just one in Copenhagen, like some of them are actually, you know, somewhat bound to fail in a yeah, sense, yeah, yeah, which is a yeah. which is a really really tough yeah. environment because sometimes, as uh, you know, like you you have this date and that's the date you have the venue for, yeah, and you can't move it, yeah, exactly. and it's like a yeah. real gamble, and you know. I assume you don't want to be a dick towards everybody else, but you no, you, you no just can't to, yeah, you, know, yeah, yeah, you just can't do anything about it. I mean, yeah, it's it's a tough yeah. business, and it's also it's it's um, the challenge is also like going from uh, like I guess for some people we would be considered underground. Of course, if you're like the classic uh, guy from Jutland uh, or girl for that matter who's moving to Copenhagen and they hear about IG60 then they mm. might say oh that's, this is really underground but of course for like the hardcore ravers on the scene we're probably not considered very underground 
And it's also it's 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 a hard fine line because uh, when we're expanding and if we want to go bigger, then you're also gathering in some some people and and a crowd that yeah basically uh, they aren't familiar with the culture, mm. uh, which also sometimes can can be challenging because there's been a lot of talk of like uh, the safe space. Uh, Yeah. Um, paradigm and stuff like that. Where, where it, for us, it's been, it's been, it's always been a uh, goes without saying, basically. Where yeah. We've always, I mean, the whole if you if you're if you're familiar with how the electronic music culture works, and if you're saying if you trace its its past to like let's say disco and stuff like that, mm -hmm. which, which mainly like uh, blacks and uh, and uh, the gay community doing parties and then it evolved and electronic music came and so on so it's always been like very supportive of everyone is welcome here yeah um and not everybody understand that uh, no. if they're not into the music they just want to do like okay here's like a very pretty just example but if you <laughs> like just come in uh, i want to do drugs i want to get wasted i want to yeah. hear like music and that's it And then, uh, then they're not really grasping uh, what the whole uh, idea and vibe of the, of the the concept is. Yeah. Uh, so that's a challenge if you want to be more successful and expand. I mean, if you, I mean, I, for me, it wouldn't make any sense to like keep doing parties uh, in a small basement with, let's say, a uh, hundred people. I mean, no, I, I want to do something more. I want to try and test the boundaries at least to to see uh, where can this thing go and and. Yeah. The challenge is how do we communicate uh, what it is uh, we're trying to uh, to sell in a sense to people um, yeah. the right message uh, that people should respect each other and the culture and and and, um, and uh, yeah, yeah behave accordingly. <laughs> what do you think the um, just on uh, the topic of. Uh, <laughs> On the very light topic of drugs and, mm -hmm. and drug use in the in the um, in the industry, because I think that one of the um, one of the main things, and I, I might take a lot of flack for this, but uh, I think that one of the, the main things that sort of damaged the um, the scene here in Denmark is the stigma that when you're listening to house or when you're listening to techno music, you automatically You are automatically into drugs and yeah, drug yeah, use. Yeah, yeah. Um, take for example KB18. Like I've been there so many times to hear like a DJ play, and in my opinion, like a huge DJ. Some some like I remember Matt Joe mm. came down. I was like massive fan of him, and um, I uh, I was so hyped that Matt Joe was there to play, and I talked to a lot of people. And there wasn't a whole lot of people actually like into Matt Joe, didn't even know who the fuck they were. Mm. But they were sort of there just because it was the after party place and it was there like you it was sort of legitimized to do drugs there. Yeah. And like what do you see like uh, as the main challenge for being taken seriously as a community? Because I think that's quite damaging to uh, us. Yeah, I, I I believe that as well. And I, I mean, I don't do drugs myself. Um, uh, it's it's um, or oh, I have a lot of opinion on it. It's a huge topic. It's uh, a massive topic, and uh, it's and it's a conflicting topic. Yeah, I mean, I think first of all, I mean, 
It, it's an it's a it's a sad stigma that the electronic music scene has. I mean, yeah. there are drugs in all parts of society, and and if you go to some of the more commercial clubs, you're mm-hmm. going to find drugs as well. And then yeah, because I because I wonder if I wonder if um, if the drug consumption is bigger in the uh, techno and house community, or is it just not as taboo? Um, I. Th- think I, I really can't uh, validate it when no, I say it because no, but, but, but I don't I, think there's any numbers like statistics on it I don't I, I think there are different kind of drugs I think people have a tendency in the electronic music scene to use certain drugs and yeah. and, and, uh, and in other areas uh, of, of, of just like going out to commercial clubs they people are using other kinds of drugs mm-hmm. not Predominantly, I can't because I haven't got any numbers. No, no, of course not. um, not. um, I mean, a preferred drug amongst many is, of course, MDMA. uh, Mm. Also, like the love drug, Uh, and and it's it's it's. I'm quite open to it. I I I always think before you should, uh, yeah, voice your opinion. You should know what you're talking about because, of course, there's a lot of like negative, like people don't do drugs and stuff like that, but. there's also a lot of research which we don't quite know enough how what influence does it have and MDMA has been used for therapy like for yeah, exactly. uh, so, so I mean, it, it's hard for me to say and and mm. I read um, I don't know a couple of years ago a, a policeman uh, policeman uh, stated that he would rather have people doing like MDMA than uh, yeah. than doing alcohol because uh, of course because of the oxytocin the, the uh yeah part part of the mdma is mm-hmm. is is the love drug yeah it's like uh uh what's it called the same um uh yeah is it a hormone i'm not sure if it's the right word i'm using but but the same thing yeah that's that gets released after sex and stuff like that yeah. so that's why people are so lovingly and cuddling yeah. and stuff like that so there's some you're tapping into some of those uh things so people yeah. on mdma are very friendly Yes, very friendly. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and, and that might also be why there's a, another atmosphere at those parties. Uh, it's it's not it's it's a very non-aggressive culture, you could say. Uh, yeah, and, and and going a bit back in the in, in the electronic music scene, you also like was talking about the, the the second summer of love, and basically it's it's a. Um, it's the newer generation's music. Like mm-hmm. uh, there was Woodstock, and people always like on the influence of everything i think humanity has always been if you're not chewing on bark and uh licking on frogs or eating mushrooms or doing something yeah like i don't like you should never underestimate like the human urge to like fuck yourself up yeah you know? <laughs> I, i think it's basically just for people to put uh put the the ordinary daily life yeah. on a break you just yeah. need to to zoom out and just say okay this is and um, i mean Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's a huge topic. It's a huge, it's, it's a massive topic, yeah. and I would one day love to like have you know, I don't know, on this podcast like a doctor who's an expert in drugs yeah, and yeah. like talk yeah. to him about it, and yeah. um, I'd love that. But the, the the thing is, I mean, we're we're in Denmark, of course, we have a very popular uh, drinking culture to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, And there's a lot of side effects uh, evolving around that, and and, yeah. and 
I think the problem is, of course, I would never recommend people doing drugs. Mm. And and the problem is, if 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 young people do drugs, they don't know their own limitations and they mm. don't know what to do. And if you're drinking, let's say, ten beers or whatever, and you throw up and that's it, you get sick and then you learn from it. But the consequences of doing drugs or mixing them or something uh, is a they're, lot yeah, they're higher. Just, they're yeah. Exactly. So so mm. in that uh, in that perspective, it's. Uh, it's very it's very difficult um, yeah yeah it, it is a it, it's it's a huge topic yeah but how do you deal with when you're an event planner and you host an event yeah within this community how do you deal with you know trying to be you know taken seriously as a and try to grow it as you know um, in the public with uh, mm. like a, a trying to fund your party how do you deal with 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 the whole drug culture in um, this community i mean basically i think it's it's a matter of focus uh, matter of focus yeah yeah, uh, yeah i mean um if i'm trying to promote or i'm seeking funds for a project mm-hmm. uh, i'm i'm of course not gonna spill out all the negatives concerning it because of course of course there are some negatives that people do in drugs yeah uh but but that's just it's a very small percentage of what the whole thing is i mean yes some people are doing drugs yes some people are getting wasted yes some people uh do shitty things some are violent some i mean if if you if you take a walk down uh uh, the city of Copenhagen on a Saturday night. There's a lot of idiots doing stupid things, um, yeah. and and that and, and but that's not the same of saying like everybody is doing stupid no. things. Uh, no. and and the people who are doing whatever they're doing, I, I just hope that they have some common sense in it. Uh, you could say use and misuse mm. uh, if you can use those terms. Yeah. Um. For for me, it's more like telling the story that that, that this is a really a, a tight community and and uh, and people are coming together. They're very supportive uh, and and um, yeah. Basically, as I mentioned, for me, when I look at it, it's it sort of like reminds me of Woodstock. Uh, yeah. It's the, the electronic festivals. I mean, people are coming together for the, it's it's very non-violent. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's it's um, it might not be the same political message, but but it's. Um, People are really coming together uh, because of the music, and and it's it's a close community in that way. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, I um, Morten Bream uh, also uh, grew up in Aarhus. Yeah. And I remember uh, uh, talking to him at one point uh, uh, about um, he he used to play hip hop and R and B as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, he also gravitated to electronic music. And he, he once said, uh, I mean, the vibe was just different because uh, hip hop, uh, not not all hip hop, and uh, no. not going into West Coast and East Coast, some are more lyrical, but there's also <laughs> like a lot of gangster rap and all that. Yeah. Uh, but but it was more like there was a lot of t- t- testosterone in the air and, and it's more like an attitude like, yeah, you're fronting and... and, 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 yeah. and, and that's that's not just the culture in uh, in in the electronic music. It's not like you're battling uh, the guy who's standing across you. Uh, no. uh, um, so it's just another atmosphere. Uh, it, yeah. It's very, and that's why the safe space is very interesting to me because mm. it's 
for me, it is a safe space. It, it's yeah. uh, it's it's one of the most pleasant places to be is at an electronic party because the vibe is just good. Yeah, I think <clears throat> one of the places I feel most safe is at these raves. Yeah. I mean, I feel a lot more unsafe at a, at like a you know a regular mainstream bar because mm. I have no idea how pe- why people are there. Yeah, like I mean, when you go to a rave. Like the IG60, or when you go to Culture Box, or yeah. or KB18, um, you're there to dance. You're there to enjoy yourself. So that puts a whole nother mindset when you are actually doing the drugs. I mean, and then when you're doing like a like a love drug, then yeah. you get overexcited, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I kind of, um, yeah. I'm not, um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, It's a big yeah, question. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a huge. It's stomach. a massive question, and I've got so many opinions on it. But but I think, and I mean, I'm, I mean, I digressed completely from my questions here. I just you know, yeah, 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 just yeah. spur of the moment. I mean, yeah. Um, all right, uh, Kip. I think we're gonna we're gonna close this one. I think that's a whole nother like podcast topic definitely, uh, definitely. for another episode. So you're gonna have to come back. We we should. We should do a panel discussion at some. Yeah, point. that would be interesting. That would be uh, that would be kind of a fun. Yeah, uh, thing to do, but that's another time. Um, all right, so you know it's no secret that CBH Deep is uh, is best known for um, the IG60 part. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, how did you guys go about actually going moving from like playing you know gigs at the, uh, or hosting parties at uh, like KB18, I assume, and and Barken and all these places. How do you go from uh, playing at you know already established places to saying, "Hey, we're gonna throw a party at a place that's not really, you know, meant uh, for it." Yeah, offside. I, I think uh, not just me, but but uh, of course uh, all the other guys. Um, mm-hmm. That 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 thing where you want to put your own stamp on it. Yeah. I mean, some people are content just, let's say, I'm showing up with my USB stick and it's a CPHD party or whatever. Yeah. But I think for me personally, it's always been important to to do something a bit different because uh, that's the hardest thing, like having a club because it's so static. Mm-hmm. It's difficult uh, being very dynamic in it. Where you can say when we're doing our parties, uh, we can um, we can do basically whatever we want. Uh, within our funds but mm-hmm. but but there, nobody is telling us oh you can't have that or uh, you shouldn't wear this or whatever so it's more the freedom to 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 just um yeah do whatever we want and, and just put our own stamp on it and say this this is how we would want to do a party so i think that was uh, originally what what motivated us we we wanted mm-hmm. to 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 make a party which we would love to be a part of ourselves uh not not uh anything against the established uh, established clubs but but uh for us it was just more exciting just to you could do the 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 limits were just uh they were broader i mean you could mm-hmm. do you could play more around Mm. Uh, which of course, when you collaborate with someone or an established club, there are more rules naturally. Yeah. Um, and and that's the thing, like getting to be more established. Uh, some of the edge always uh, 
gets taken off yeah. somehow, and that's that's really it's hard to balance that. Uh, but but yeah, that was the original um, motivation was was like doing our own thing. We we wanted to to make parties that there wasn't that many of in that caliber that we did, uh, mm -hmm. and 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 yeah, just fool around and also like the whole uh, announcing the lineup that people should come for the atmosphere and the vibe because we wanted to make like a community of people saying okay. This is just a great place where I want to be, and and if it's a top international DJ, then that's just the icing on top. But but yeah. we want to come for the people who who comes and and the, from everything from the sound to the lighting and and stuff like that, just the whole package. That that's basically what what we wanted to to yeah. create. <clears throat> and then that turned out to be like a really, really like playing into. Was that deliberate when you thought of the concept uh, of not announcing the lineup to it, sort of play into the uh, fear of missing out fear, uh, mentality? No, it wasn't deliberate at all. We we we, we didn't. Uh, we found out that that that, that also uh, yeah. it had an, uh, a positive effect in that way. Yeah. But 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 uh, for us, it was that as I mentioned, it was is a it was about creating something uh, that was just not. Uh, held up against okay now it's uh, Maceo Plex or uh, Dixon or Solomon playing yeah uh, it was a playground and 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 then of course occasionally we we put in some more high profile names uh, but also people just also local talent or whatever just people yeah. saying okay this is the a total package a party which is great then the vibe is great the people who comes here are great. Um, so that was the goal. It, it was it was just getting away from that poster, just like okay, people have to come because there's this huge headliner. Yeah, uh, we we wanted people to come because they generally just thought this was a great place to come. Yeah, uh, it was a good party. It was uh, nice people, and uh, yeah, everybody come and had a good time. How do you um, how do you go from thinking of like hey we want to do this offsite yeah. party and actually like how do you you know did you apply for uh, you know public funds and grants and stuff like that uh, our biggest challenge uh, has always been uh, our resources um since we're just like these five six guys with 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 full-time jobs uh we haven't had the resources to to basically look into funding so we've been self-funded uh um, oh, so you like put money into we, the project we, yourself we, from the get-go yeah yeah we did uh and 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 the thing is, uh, I would love to pay everyone more money uh, yeah. from 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 our staff to the DJs and our bookings. Yeah. But um, and, and people from the outside, it can look like okay, these guys are really uh, laughing all the way to the bank. But but in in those uh, five six years we've been doing the stuff, um, we we barely making and of course all our time that we're using on the project which is is quite a lot of hours uh yeah, on a weekly basis uh how many hours do you put in each week um i would say minimum 10 probably 15 10 15 hours and yeah. then you have when you use when you actually set up the this, physical party yeah that's we, like we, we accumulated enough uh, uh cash to to like get a production team to help out with, with, with some of the stuff yeah. um because prior to that uh in the old uh i60 address we did everything ourselves and that was like working 40 hours non-stop 
yeah. uh, just and and we didn't get a dime from it, and, no. and we still don't get a dime from it. Uh, and and that's uh, that's a, another interesting topic because um, we have a fairly uh, entrance fee, we think, but but if we compare ourselves to other things, it's it's difficult. But we build everything from the ground, and it's just yeah. expensive as hell. Uh, and yeah. it's a shame because we would love to do it cheaper, uh, but but we 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 can't cut uh, basically our costs more down. No. Um, so so it, it's it's really difficult. Yeah. Um, How about uh, sponsors? You are sponsored by uh, Sobieski, right? Yeah, and, and uh, Mare Mare. And Mare Mare. Yeah. How do you um, and and they sponsor like drinks and stuff like that? Uh, oh yeah. If yeah. I can ask about this, I don't know if there's any like legal yeah. uh, obligation no, or anything. No, not uh, per se. I mean, no. I can't go into not the exact like, amount and details, but, no, but 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 in general, I can say it's 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 getting harder and harder to get sponsorships. How come? Uh, Do you think? <laughs> uh, it's it's basically because everything has to be measured. What cut, what numbers do you have? Uh, how many guests? Uh, what's the exposure? Mm. So it's all down to the numbers, which yeah. basically ends out in sales. Yeah. So if 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 I'm going to give you my product uh, for free or whatever, you can get some funds to do some deco, then I'm only giving you this because I know in the end you're going to sell me more of my own product. And yeah. that, that's 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 basically it. It's a business. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess I, I guess it is. When did Mare Mare and Sobieski like contact you or did you contact them? Um, we, like how do we know when to, you know, contact a sponsor or like for us, it's been a, it's been a learning curve. Uh, I, I mean, we've, uh, so. we reached out to different kinds, uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and you find out if these are some sponsors that get, uh, would invest something in your project or not. Yeah. Uh, and of course, again, also how much, Uh, and as I said, it's very hard to get like hardcore cash from from the sponsors because, in in the bigger picture, we are uh, just a tiny, 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 tiny little fish. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we host uh, event uh, roughly monthly, uh, mm-hmm. and the sales we uh, we get from from one event, uh, let's say, uh, how much, how many uh, bottles of vodka are you selling? I mean, compared to a commercial club who opens. Uh, three four or five days a week i mean it's nothing i mean with such a list for us it's more of of the storytelling and the reach that that we uh we can uh, communicate a message yeah Uh, and if they want to be a part of that story and and if if the sponsor can see okay this we're going for this crowd anyway we can Mm -hmm. see there's always been some like for example heineken they've been a lot of part of a lot of sponsors uh concerning like electronic music Mm -hmm. they decided as a branding strategy that this would this was the direct direction they would go yeah or burn or something like that so different companies have different strategies and of course the closer you are to the same vision uh the the easier it gets um so that's what we're always looking for we're looking for people who who can see a common story uh, that we want sort of the common goal i know not naively in the end they just yeah. want to sell more of their product but but yeah. uh it's again it's a hard fine line because we are, you know we don't just want to plaster our events with uh, with commercial uh, uh things 
No. Um, it has to be like done in a, for me, like um, sophisticated way, yeah. if you can put it that way. I don't know if you can. And, and, and it's difficult because they want their logo out there. Uh, All over the place, yeah. But it has to be done smoothly, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that's the trick. That's that's really the trick. And that's mm. also like, who is the guy you're talking to? Does he or she understand uh, what it is? Uh, yeah. Do you have a common goal? Yeah. Like, uh, okay, maybe they just want to brand themselves. Like, okay, we want to plaster everything, everybody. But mm-hmm. then they have to like grasp the idea of okay, how is this really in the long run uh, uh, selling more of our product? Uh, I mean. For me, it's always about community-based things. I mean, yeah. getting getting to feel an ownership of something. Mm-hmm. That's where you bind the strong bonds. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's a. Um, when you first uh, overnight G60 and and all that, um, how did you like? How about permits, like liquor licenses and stuff like that? Sorry, I, uh, there's some trouble with the sound <laughs> here in the studio. I can't, uh, <laughs> I can't quite hear you, Casper. So we can't talk about that, I assume. Well, uh, you'd rather not. There's not so much to say. Uh, we didn't have any permits. Didn't have any permits. Nothing at all. No. Um, yeah, because but it it was of course a private party. So yeah, private parties, good. of course, it was all good. of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, because uh, I've actually, I don't know if this is anything that you want to talk about, but <laughs> I have a question can here. You, can you like uh, another? <laughs> yeah, I, I can put a bar Like halfway through, you're just yeah. going to get like a bar across your <laughs> Like a, a much deeper <laughs> voice. Like, well, you know, <laughs> it all started. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, uh, because I've seen you guys... Um, the parties on these massive scales that you've thrown, mm. these private parties, um, I've seen you fail with them a couple of times mm. when it matters the most. You know, when you when you have some of like your biggest bookings, you got struck by a police raid once, mm. and another party got struck by a fire drill. Yeah, Off drill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you bounce back from that? I think that's amazing. Like how do you, how do you bounce back? Um, we've been blessed in some way because uh, the first example where the police came, um, we had Patrice Baumel, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and I think he basically had like fifteen, maybe twenty minutes left of his set. Yeah, and he was totally cool about it. From him, it was like getting uh, extra street cred or something. Like that. He was like, "Yeah, this is like underground and stuff like that." So, so he was super cool about it. Uh, but again, of course, again, the higher you get in the hierarchy, uh, again, the more established, the more tight with the rules you have to be, and the more or, or less dynamic you can be. But, mm-hmm. but to answer your question. Uh, because uh, there wasn't that many hours left of the party anyways, people still had a very good experience and, and they partied no. there for, and, and uh, in the old place, people came really early because they knew there was queue, they couldn't get in. So, yeah. so people would have been partying for, let's say five hours at least. Um, so in that way, it was just a, it was sort of a good story, even though it was of course better if, if, if it would have lasted yeah. seven, but still, 
I think uh, in general, throwing a party is 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 like storytelling. I mean, mm-hmm. when you go to your studies or your work the day after, you're not just telling, "Oh yeah, I had a beer with a friend the other day." <laughs> yeah, sounds boring as shit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> it, it, yeah. you're telling, "Oh, I was at this party, and then the police came in, and oh, that's that's an exciting story. That's something that doesn't happen every day, yeah. hopefully." <laughs> uh, so so so. In that way, it's a good thing, and and yeah. also, of course, if if let's say the fire drill or, or the alarm had went off at let's say two, it it would it would have been a much harder to bounce back. Yeah. Uh, but I think it went off at half past five or six. Yeah, or it, w- it was like late, that. but yeah. it was still you know closing the party before yeah. time. Yeah. But I mean, I've experienced it before, uh, also in Aarhus back in the day, where yeah. uh, police have shut down uh, parties, and and that's that. That just sucks. Uh, mm. There's nothing because you put, you still put the same amount of work in it and and yeah. everything, and then of course you, you end up paying a lot of money because you lose a lot of money because you didn't sell anything in the bar because you only had open two hours. Yeah, you still had DJ bookings. You still, I mean, there's so much logistics and mm. and whatever going on. So it just sucks. You you it can't just sucks. Yeah. Um, Is there anything to is there anything that you can like learn from it? You know, if you're sitting out there in the living room yeah. listening to our deep uh, voices, is yeah. there anything you can you, learn you from it? You forgot to mention sexy voices. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sexy, sexy voices. voices. <laughs> I can talk a bit slower. Maybe. Can you dim the lights? Oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure. sure. Yeah, yeah. Put on the red wine. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything you know, um, mistakes to be avoided? You know. Yep. Of Perhaps course, always being hindsight. yeah, being prepared as possible. Make mm-hmm. a a project management plan. We have quite a good plan now. Uh, I yeah. think we're one of the, like uh, the more professional crews because we we really try to put things in uh, in a system. Yeah, uh, and we have different tasks. There's still a learning curve. We can get better uh, for sure. But I think the main thing is if you're sitting uh, in your couch at home, um, it, it's it's. It's just keep believing as everything else. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I believe whatever you choose to do in life, if you keep at it, if you put in the hours, you're going to eventually be successful. There's always a market for basically whatever it is. Uh, yeah. As long as you keep, because the thing that drives us is definitely the passion. We, we love this. It's hard work and we're not making any money from it at all. Mm. So what is it that drives us? It's because we have this passion and we keep continuing to do it because there's not that many people that would do a job for five, six, seven years, not get a dime from it and work like waste every weekend or, or yeah. 40 hours working straight for other people to party. So so it, it, it has to come from within uh, something mm-hmm. that's really depth filled. And then and if you keep on working, I think you will eventually have success. And of course, you have to learn from your different mistakes on that journey. Uh, we've been better uh, at planning stuff and we uh, are getting better doing our economics and and all those kind of little details uh, make a plan basically i mean when we started our first parties we didn't have any plans which are like hey throw in some speakers and uh, and a mixer and some uh, turntables and then and And we're we're off yeah Yeah. and and you are good it's fine Mm. but but again if you want to grow and be more successful you have to make a plan a business plan and Mm -hmm. a a plan for the event for the night and also in this era with the social media you have to 
think about okay what can we do for to get more people to notice us or remind them then that they should come to this party instead of this party and and so planning is everything basically if yeah. you want to be successful yeah um i think we're somewhat running out of time now um i still have a few questions for you though um normally i ask a question of uh Like, what's your favorite plugin at the moment? But uh, since you you don't really produce music, uh, I'm gonna change it up a bit and just ask you. Two what's questions. your favorite butt plug at the moment? Yes, yes. What kind of brand? Well, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I have one here that I. Uh, what are some of the things you wish you knew when you first got started back in the day? Like you know, a mistake um, to avoid. You wish like. If you could go, if you could go back to a young Kip and tell him, yeah. "Hey, don't do this." Um, I, I don't have many of those experiences because um, I think the the beauty in in evolving and getting better is is just running headfirst into those mistakes because that. Um, that tendency you have that that you can't do nothing wrong. That's really what drives a project. Mm. So just instead of when you're starting out, instead of putting a lot of boundaries and limits on yourself, I think you should just go for it. Try it out. Rather act and do something than then then sit uh, in your couch and ponder if oh can we do this and maybe we should have because. I I would never believe I've gone so far uh, with this project. If I if I had used my common sense, I would never have wasted so many hours. Um, so you can also rationalize, uh, which can bring down all the ideas. Sometimes you just have to go for it and take a chance. Um, the only thing I would say would work as an advantage is it's be clear of your vision. As, a, as fast as you can, the younger you are and, and, and the quicker you can, you can say, okay, this is my goal. Then you can quicker uh, get to that point and, and, and you can jump some steps because you already know, okay, this is where I want to end. Mm. So if you have a vision, then, then try to see, okay, if in my wildest dreams, where, where do I want this project? And if I say it's over here, okay, then, then draw up the steps to how to get there. Or else you'll just be fumbling around in in in, in the blinds. Uh, so that's an easier way and a quicker way to get there. Um, you can you can save a lot of time. Uh, but again, the journey that I've had, it's been very fun, very entertaining. There's yeah. have some crazy stories, and and I wouldn't miss those. Uh, of course, there are some situations where I say, okay. Could have been without. That would have, yeah, that would be yeah, better just to skip those steps. But all in all, just just go for it. Act, do it. Uh, get out of the bed and just, just go for it. Uh, instead of pondering if I could and should I, or maybe just try it out. And maybe you fail miserably, but then you learn from that. But the, of course, the most important thing is that you just reflect on what has happened. Why did this fail? Or why does it go so well? Mm -hmm. Think about those steps and that goes for everything, whether it's events or <laughs> career or whatever. I mean, you have to reflect on the things you do um, to be better. I mean, whether you fail or succeed, then always evaluate on, on, on the steps uh, leading up to that point. Now, before we go, I uh, just uh, want to ask you, uh, where can we find Kip, the DJ, online. 
Uh, well, I have a very small, not a that much attention paid uh, Facebook page. Yeah. Just uh, Facebook uh, slash Kip. And then I have a Mixcloud, uh, Mixcloud slash Kip, oddly <laughs> enough, <laughs> uh, where I just have different kinds of mixes. Um, I haven't done that much work in promoting myself. I've, I've been the more laid back uh, event making role. Yeah. Uh, but of course, I enjoy the DJing part and then have DJed for ages. So, um, so it's always good to. I saw you post something about like uh, you actually charting or something like that on yeah, Mixcloud. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, Mixcloud, well, of course, is not the the craziest of platforms, but but no, uh, but yeah, I uploaded uh, my 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 closing set from the last uh, IG60 party, and then uh, and I just got a notification in my inbox that I was third on this uh, on the techno chart, and and, and, and funny enough, Ed Ambaya was was number one, and I was number three, so I just posted, yeah, gaining on Ed Ambaya. <laughs> I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah it sure, might not be sure. Mixcloud, might not be yeah, yeah. you know the craziest platform, but it's still kind of cool that you yeah, 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 uh, sure. you outranked what uh, was it Nicole Modaba? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of cool. Um, where can we connect with the CBH Deep? Uh, CBHDeep.com. Yeah, and that's uh, your blog. Yeah, that's our yeah. blog, and uh, we also have our podcast at iTunes. Yeah, uh, yeah just uh, search for CPH Deep, basically. Yeah, uh, and then of course we have our Facebook page where we have different kind of content from funny stuff to yeah, whatever basically yeah. concerns the electronic music scene, and also uh, different kinds of events uh, that we recommend. Um, yeah. So Facebook uh, slash CPH Deep. Um, yeah. That's, yeah, uh, and we're of course gonna link to everything in like uh, the description and and on Facebook and and all that. Remember to tag properly and, and all that jazz. Of course. Of um, course. Yeah, I think uh, that's about it. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, talk with me. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. That was such a fun conversation with Kip. I uh, I really enjoyed it, um, and I hope you did too. And I hope you got some some like uh, tangible advice that uh, perhaps you can implement today, um, so that you can go out and host your own parties. I'm uh, looking forward to attending your party in the future. Uh, if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love to hear from you, uh, even if you. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna regret this. Even if you fucking hate the show. Um, constructive, criticism, <laughs> constructive criticism is the only way I and this show can actually become better. So please let me know uh, your thoughts uh, on iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or in the comment section on YouTube. Looking forward to hearing from you. Uh, and on that note, I think that's it for today. Thank you for watching. Um, and don't forget to keep at it and uh, stay passionate. I will see you when I see you. Bye.